shooter. If I've been out here selling myself short, pushing for less just for the love of the sport and no gimmies. Clear to see it, send me the vibe. But the hustle is not only taking the strides to see more better, not only more cheddar. Talk it like I walk it, call it poor man special. Seen more than envy in the eyes on my drive. Lessons over losses just to keep my sister proud. Can't describe the time it took just for me to hold my head instead of showing all my knowledge. Slow to speak instead. And beyond that, I learned how to finesse the force direct with my mouthpiece. That's verbal in the course. What's that? Welcome back, world, to the Verbal Intercourse Podcast. Got your host, Nick Walker, here with you today. Shout out to everybody that's been listening. Shout out to everybody that's been sharing the podcast. And I feel like we got some big things coming forward. Shout out to T, who's also back on the podcast as a co-host. Yeah, and shout out, to, shout, out to, <laughs> shout out to my guest, Erinisha Johnson. She's here on the podcast to kind of explain dating with anxiety. So I'm going to let you start off by kind of introducing yourself and telling the people what you do. I am Dr. Aranisha Johnson. I am a licensed professional counselor. I currently provide individual and couples and family therapy to um, children and adults in Atlanta, Georgia. Okay, great, great, great. So, oh yeah, my fault for not putting a doctor on the front. Um, I got to put some respect on your name. It's messed up. But but now nah, from now on, Doctor Johnson for the rest of the, for the rest of the interview, Doctor Johnson. <laughs> All right. All right. So, you know, um, I suffer from anxiety. Um, I've suffered from depression and anxiety at the same time. I went to therapy. Um, me and T, I'm sure I, I know T, you know, we talked about how we both suffered from anxiety, depression, um, those types of things. So um I want to make a podcast episode about dating with anxiety because I feel like um, anxiety is hard to understand if if you're the person that has anxiety and you don't truly understand your own anxiety as well as dating someone who doesn't have anxiety. So they don't understand the triggers. They don't understand the type of day you could have. And it's and sometimes it's kind of, you know, difficult because you're looking at that person that doesn't have anxiety that you're dating and you're looking at them like, how don't you understand this? But they really don't understand because they're not going through that type of same scenario. So I'm going to just start it off by um, just giving a general definition of anxiety for those who might not know. Um, For me, I think I would define it as kind of feeling uneasy or not feeling completely in control, even though I'm in a safe environment. How would you define it, T? Um, I would just say, well, my anxiety is just feeling like on edge all the time, no matter where I'm at, Um, depend, not even depending on the circumstances, because it comes at any, it comes and goes at any time. Um, You know, I would just say this feeling of uneasiness all the time and worry mm-hmm. worry for sure <laughs> so, so dr johnson do you suffer from anxiety and could you give us like a like a legit like i would say textbook definition of anxiety 
Yes, I do suffer from anxiety. Um, the best way to describe anxiety is, is your body's response to, to stress. But it's not the typical stress. Most of the time is stress about things that may not ever happen or there's no evidence that whatever it is that you're worried about is going to happen. But your body doesn't recognize it. Your body actually feels as if whatever is happening is exactly what you're worried about. And most of the time, it's the worst case scenario. Definitely, definitely. It's I would say what what gives me anxiety a lot is actually working in the healthcare field and seeing so many different diagnoses all the time, especially during the COVID nineteen pandemic and and it's that is what uh, messes up my anxiety a whole lot. So it, it, so I work out like crazy. I try to eat right, and I try to do stuff like uh, stay away from alcohol, drink non-alcoholic beers or whatnot. You know what I'm saying? So, so, uh, but let's talk about it. How it, you know, it relates to dating. So I'm gonna start off with my first question. Um, I've been looking up stats. I'm always in the stats trying to trying to put a number on the actual subject. So I found this interesting stat that 40 million adults in the U.S. suffer from anxiety disorder. Women and adults under the age of 35 are more likely to experience anxiety. So I thought that was very uh, a very interesting statistic because that's, you know, a little bit older than us and on down. And it's interesting that the people, the older population don't really suffer from anxiety as much statistically, you know, by the book. And I kind of thought that would probably be related to, I would say, social media. I think mm -hmm. social media is what's causing um, our age group to suffer the most from anxiety. Um, another interesting uh, statement that I saw, another interesting statistic is 41% of people ages 18 to 29% are single and dating in the U.S., so when you put those two statistics together, I feel like they're kind of um, mutually related. I mean, that means that the dating population has anxiety, the majority of it, especially the women. So um, let's talk about that for a little bit. Um, how can we date with anxiety and how can we find ways to cope while dating someone? So I, I'll let you uh, answer that, Dr. Johnson. Number one thing that I always tell clients, especially if they're in couples therapy or if they're in individual therapy talking about their relationship, is to make sure that you're communicating that you have anxiety. We all have some form of anxiety, but of course, some people's anxiety is a lot more intense than others. So it's important that you communicate the intensity of what you're feeling so that at least the other person can be aware of it. Um, you also want to make sure that you're communicating what your triggers are, because if you don't say what your triggers are, how can the other person even begin to understand what it is that you're experiencing? So other than being able to share that you have anxiety, you want to make sure that you have an open line of communication. You want to be able to be honest. You want to make sure that the other person is aware of what it is that's happening with you and of course if you're dating someone with anxiety you really have to go the extra mile or i would say 
develop a healthy communication style with that person based off of their triggers because you don't want to you don't want to trigger that person even more than what they already are feeling in that moment so along with communicating knowing what the triggers are the other part would be figuring out how to person get better meaning you mentioned earlier just some coping skills that you have so it's important to know what helps the person that you're dating so that that way you can at least you can encourage them to do those things whenever you realize that they're feeling anxious well me being a single you know dating person in today's society like how would you what would be like the best way to identify triggers? And also, do you think that a person with anxiety should feel the need to just, you know, work on themselves first? Or do you think that they can work on themselves and understand themselves and their partner while being in a committed relationship? So to answer your first question, best way to know if someone is experiencing anxiety is again knowing that there are different levels of anxiety for some people they may just have the cognitive symptoms where they may just overthink um they may constantly question you um they may constantly feel as if they need reassurance some people may have the cognitive symptoms but they also may have the physiological symptoms which could be trouble breathing um, it could be um, it could be things such as sweating. It can be anything related to physical symptoms that you can actually see that's happening. So it's it's important to know: does this person have panic attacks, or do they completely shut down? Where they just stop talking? They stop answering? Um, so you want to know. What are that person's warning signs that they're experiencing anxiety? The second question that you asked, it's important to realize that anxiety is an ongoing thing. It's not something that can just go away. It's not something that can just, you know, you can cure. It's treated. So therefore, you can work, you need to work on your anxiety as an individual, but you have to understand that you don't go into a relationship without still working on yourself and you continue improving while you're in a relationship. I also want to point out that you can have a healthy relationship even with anxiety. It's all about making sure that, again, you have that open communication, honesty, and just knowing what signs to look for and knowing what's helping that particular, your, your partner, basically. So, Nick, what do you look for, you don't know, being a male and dealing with anxiety, what do you look for in a partner to help better secure you and your anxiety? Um, <clears throat> that's a good question. So, I think, I think what you look for is, like, effort uh, to understand. Retweet. Some, like, some people don't provide effort into the anxiety they don't try to like i was looking at um, eight do's and don'ts for dating somebody with anxiety mm -hmm. and one of the do's was um, to actually research anxiety and to try to understand better even if you're not actually dealing with anxiety on your own 
So um, I think it's important that your partner, um, it's important that they put uh, forth uh, effort to research anxiety as well as understand your triggers, like Dr. Johnson said, and also understand what anxiety looks like for you. I know for me, um, I could, I, I do something like if I have on a collar shirt, like a little collar, like I'm gonna probably be biting the collar. Like I'd be like outside running, but I'm biting the collar to my shirt. You know what I'm saying? If I'm doing that, I'm having anxiety. Or if I'm, or if I'm just sitting there and I just, and I'm just, you know, not doing anything productive, I'm probably having anxiety. Um, so that's how I know I'm having anxiety. And I know that that is what shows on the outside, but on the inside, my thoughts are, you know, racing, thinking about probably the worst case scenarios. But, um, but I think it's just important that a partner, um, they research it and they try to find ways to help you with it. Um, I think it would just be important for me to just have a conversation about something that's taking me away from it. So some people will sit there and not know what to say. You know what I'm saying? They just gonna be like, if you say, hey, I'm having anxiety, they'd be like, well, I don't know what to do, you know. I don't know Sometimes, what that means. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that means. I don't know what to do. For me, it's important if like if I could have a conversation to take me away from it. You know what I'm saying? Or um do an activity that take me away from it. Some physical or listen to some music that take me away. Or hey, let's do an activity. We ain't gotta spend no money. We could just sit here and um I don't know, uh play phase 10 or play Uno or whatever. Take me away from it. And I think those things are helpful for me, you know. So what about you? What what do you think a person, what do you think a potential partner or a partner should do to help you cope with your anxiety? Um, well, I for anxiety for me is mostly mental. Um, I do I do tend to um I do shake my leg, the typical I will like I will get hot if I you know I will mm -hmm. and when I, when I start noticing myself doing those things I will try to remove myself for the from the situation whatever it may be so I did typically if I do have a partner or I'm looking to date a partner I will explain to them like hey you know I'm very uncomfortable I need to I need to remove myself and then I can go into deeper you know deeper into it after I remove myself because if I stay in the situation I'm not going to be able to explain why I'm feeling this way um reassurance is a huge thing for me because um a pet peeve of mine is do not gaslight me when I'm trying to explain to you what's going on in my head like don't do that that'll make me very upset because I've been told like oh you just have a wild imagination and it doesn't feel like it's my imagination. It feels like it's reality to me. And so I'm. this is a very real thought that I'm having. It's a very real feeling. So a person that I would need to find would be somebody who takes the time to understand me and understand, like take the time to understand that whatever I feel is like a real feeling. It's not something I'm making up in my head. 
It's not something that, you know, I just, you know, woke up one. Well, it was something I woke up one day and pulled out, but it's, it's, <laughs> it's more, it's more than that to me. Like I'm, I, I could think that, you know, aliens were going to attack us tomorrow, but to me, that feels like that's going to happen. So like the reassurance, the comfort, um, the communication, cause I try my best to communicate, like, cause I don't like having to guess what other people got going on because I'm gonna guess wrong probably. So yeah. I try my best to even over communicate just so like, and then that, um, people who don't understand typically look at that as me explaining myself and that's something that I do when I'm anxious is I'll sit there and over explain myself because I feel insecure. I feel this way, or, you know, there's just a trait that I do when, you know, I'm losing my mind. I'm insecure. Yeah. Yeah, so. for sure. I think, I think, uh, one of the things that really gives me anxiety is kind of depending on other people, which is something that you have to do in a relationship. Mm-hmm. as well as in any type of friendship or whatever you know you have to depend on people um and i just think that's that's just one of those things that that gives me anxiety also like i wrote down a few things and i jot them down in my mind about things that can give you anxiety about dating when you're dating someone like uh if they don't answer the phone when they usually answer the phone or if uh, you're eating dinner, if you're eating dinner and or are you sitting there watching TV on the couch and they and they start flipping their phone over, uh, you know, you know, you know how people flip their phone over when they just chilling, like they hide some or they don't want them to light up or um, I don't know, like you you call your partner early in the morning and, you know, they don't they don't answer you know, after a night of hanging out or they could be sleep, you know, stuff like that, that can give you like dating anxiety. And I think that comes from uh, past experiences. What, sure. what, what you think? Yeah, I think, you know, that. go ahead, go ahead, Dr. Jones. No, it definitely comes from past experiences, whether it be trust issues or it can also come from not just dating relationships, but even relationships within your family. Growing up, you know, how did your family communicate? You know, did you talk about um, what was happening in the home? Did you talk about how you were feeling? Did you talk about being worried about different things? So with dating, you're, you're having to share space with another person. So therefore, you have your own way of dealing with things, and then they have their own way of dealing with things. So therefore, you both... You're having to come together to hopefully develop a healthy way of dealing with some of the things that you just mentioned. Like, okay, if I call you this morning and I don't hear from you for six hours, it's like, okay, what's going on? You went out last night, but I didn't hear from you until 12 o'clock the next day. It's like, okay, so now... If I have anxiety, even if you have the smallest, the slightest, you know, anxiety is still, of course, your mind is going to start wondering, you know, but if you're someone with high levels of anxiety, it may not even be four hours. It could be two hours <laughs> and you're like, okay, what's going on? You know, like, okay. Drive they- by. Let me get in the car and drive by. 
That's what that one is that part. <laughs> right, because now you you're looking for some type of validation that okay, nothing has happened. So if that person is aware of that anxiety, that's something that you both should talk about. Like if say for instance, if I normally talk to you at, at 12 and let's say I have a meeting at 12, so I can't talk to you at 12, then part of that can be resolved by me telling you earlier in the day, hey, I got a meeting at 12, so I'm not going to be able to talk to you during my lunch break. So little things like that that you have to communicate to help each other out so that that person's anxiety is not shooting through the roof. You're not – because anxiety is really – and I think T mentioned is the mental side of it is so – it's so – It's crippling. (laughs) Because you, everything makes sense. If I normally talk to you at 12 and today is 12.58 and I still haven't heard from you. It don't make sense if you don't tell me nothing. It don't make sense. It literally (laughs) does not make sense in my mind why I haven't talked to you if you don't tell me. Right. So now you're thinking, okay, all right. Well, I guess this going on, that's going on. You, You don't know, but it all makes sense. You know, it you all, it the overthinking, it seems so real. When you finally talk to that person, it may be, oh, I just, I got called into an emergency meeting and I couldn't text you or I couldn't call. So now you're like, oh, okay, well, that makes sense. But your body's already on alert because mm-hmm. you made up all of these scenarios in your head that weren't true, but they seem true. So Dr. Johnson, when... Do, would you suggest being like a couples therapist and just, I mean, a counselor, yeah, being a doctor, period. What do you, when do you think is a good time for somebody with anxiety to explain it to their partner? Like, of course, you're not going to be on the first date like, hey, I have anxiety. I need, you know, you to to figure this out with me so <laughs> but like, when's a good time? Because I feel, in my opinion, I feel like waiting till you're in a committed relationship is a little too late to introduce somebody. So when do you feel like it's a good time to introduce your partner to, you know, your mental disability? I would say immediately. If you see that this is a situation that you can see getting serious, I say tell them immediately because it's going to show up anyway. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not something that we can hide for very long. So therefore Get it out the way, you know, because if you're entering into a relationship with someone or you're, you know, I don't know how you are define dating. Some people define dating as um, dating to figure out if I'm going to get into a committed relationship. And then some people say it's dating if you're not married. What do you, how do you all define it? I think you're dating until you're in a committed <laughs> relationship because okay. I don't believe that you're single till you're married because that. That doesn't make sense because you literally agreed to be in a committed relationship with somebody. But okay. that's just my opinion. So dating is literally like going on dates, getting to know people until you decide to exclusively date somebody. And then you go into a relationship after that. Okay. So this is me. Okay. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I just wanted to make sure because I know people have different um, definitions and I, I that's the way I look at it as well. So if you're dating someone, even if it's the other definition, I just think 
it's important to let that person know. Because you're going to be communicating with each other either way. If you think dating is this or that, you're still going to be communicating with that person. So, so um, let me ask both of y'all this. And um, so, how would y'all go about like being that somebody doesn't understand anxiety? They could have looked up the definition, but they still think that you're tripping or you're, you know, what? How would you go about dealing with that person? Like, when is when do y'all what's your opinion on when feeling like enough is enough you know because with anxiety you're typically gonna overthink that process as well when enough is enough um so when do y'all think that enough is enough with a person not understanding your anxiety well i think uh i think honestly you gotta you gotta kind of do the work yourself before you even get to that point so when you do the work yourself you I feel I feel like, you know, it's been times where I did better work than other times. Like I think right now, one of these times is like I feel like my anxiety is up and down just due to the pandemic and what I have to do on a day-to-day basis. But I do things that help me cope, like exercise, like try to eat well, um, different days of the week, um, try to min- minimize alcohol contake intake. Um Things like that, try to do things that I find relaxing. So I try, I work on doing the work myself. But then when it comes to um, with my partner, you kind of have to put, you have to tell them about anxiety. You have to tell them your triggers. And then also you got to watch how they interact with you once you've gave them the knowledge. So, you know, and I think, you know, months down the road, you can be like, you know, this person really cares about me or this person doesn't care about how I feel on a 24 seven basis. You know, Mm -hmm. I got, I got, you know, a legitimate issue and I'm working on it myself, but sometimes you need a extra hand, like a therapist and also your partner, you you know, your partner's supposed to help you out. If that's your partner, I mean, that's what they there for. So it, I mean, I think, I think I would give it, you know, a couple of months or something like that to kind of see how they address different situations. And if they don't address them how how you want them to address it, then you just got to move forward with somebody else because it because it is what it is. Like, I mean, it's like 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 Dr. Johnson said, anxiety, you can have, you know, changes to your body. Like when you feel that feeling, I felt it. I've had panic attacks in the past. and you just have a generalized muscle tightness. You can you stiff, like you barely can move. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. so yeah. So I think you just gotta put it in their face. And if you don't like how they interact with you after different situations, then you just gotta move forward. Yeah, I agree with that. I think it's all about balance. You have to do the work yourself, like Nick said. You can't you can't say I have anxiety and do nothing. Like you have to develop some type of coping skills or at least figure out what works for you. But then on the other hand, your partner should be able to encourage you to do those things. Um, For me personally, my anxiety manifests um, cognitively. So sometimes I need a reminder that whatever it is that I'm thinking, I need to look for the evidence. And that's how I make it make sense for me. We call it cognitive restructuring where most of our thoughts are irrational. Anxious thoughts are irrational. 
So sometimes we have to think about what is it that I'm thinking? Is it actually, what's the likelihood of this actually happening? And sometimes you need that other person to remind you of that, you know. Um, now, I do want to say your partner can't be your therapist. Oh, <laughs> That's you know, for sure. They can't be your therapist, but they can at least do things to help you feel better or even encourage you to go to therapy. You know, sometimes we may not even realize how bad our anxiety is until our partner or somebody, you know, around us lets us know, like, you know, this is this is the fourth panic attack that you've had in two weeks. Um, we can't even have a conversation without you, you know, overthinking. I think you need to get some type of professional help. So sometimes it's that person knowing you well enough to know that your anxiety has been at an all-time high or realizing that you haven't been coping as well as you normally would cope. So therefore, they need to be able to say, listen, I need you to go and get a counselor. If I, if I need to go with you or whatever you need me to do, I'm here for you. So you just really want to make sure that you're with somebody who cares about you enough to recognize the signs and to care about how you're actually dealing with it. So my, I guess to answer the rest of your question, if that person is just not willing to learn or they're not willing to help you out, then they're just not the person for you, especially if you have anxiety to the point where it's noticeable and it's really impacting you. You're not the relationship is just not going to work. Yeah, for sure. I think, yeah, I think you're exactly right. I mean, I like looking back on it um, in my past, someone has told me, okay, yeah, you need to go back to therapy. Like I had, I was going to therapy. I was doing well. Then I took a lapse and then I had, I didn't have an anxiety attack, but my anxiety about, I, well, the root of it was the insecurity that I had. So that was the root of it. But the anxiety manifested into me creating a fake scenario and and thinking and it was so delicately created that it made me feel like it was true mm -hmm. to the point where I was just like, nah, this this is what happened. And you know, that's what anxiety does. It'll just put like a whole like I feel like it'll put like a whole nightmare in your head and have you believing it. And then when you when you when you bring it to the person about it, they like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> you have lost it. That don't even make yeah. sense. Exactly. <laughs> you don't it make that sense. Don't even, that don't even make sense. And <laughs> and I think and I think uh I think that's why, you know, couples therapy is good sometimes because mm -hmm. You know, past relationships, your childhood, um, just different things, uh, how how you were um, raised to express yourself, all those things kind of um, are mixed in a bowl and and mixed together. And it's kind of and that's and that's how you end up with the anxiety when it comes to dating and stuff like that. Like I know. Um, so I got a question for you, T. Um, how do you have anxiety when you're meeting somebody new? Because you could have just got out of bad, a bad situation or something like that. And you like, well, this guy, he kind of reminds me of something that I used to deal with. 
instead of just giving him a clean slate and just saying, you know, he he might be different. Okay. How do you go into a scenario like that? So, I mean, obviously, it's definitely unintentional. I'm never going to sit there and purposely compare somebody to somebody else. But, for example, past situations for me, specifically and X, could be a trigger for me. And things that he made me feel like could be a trigger to me. Because I've dated somebody who didn't understand my anxiety, was like, you know, I'm always tripping, you know, I'm always making up things in my head. It don't make sense. He didn't want to hear it. So he constantly made me feel like I was crazy. Like, and I know that I'm not. So, like, I know I know <laughs> that I have a mental disorder, but I know I'm not crazy. And, like, he would try to make me feel less than because of these things. But he never once tried to help me like help me help him like he never under tried to understand where i was coming from he never tried to so that things like that could be a trigger so if i'm i'm dating somebody new and i've been in a situation where i've gone on a date and they said something similar that reminded me of him my anxiety went through the roof i started sweating i'm like oh my god i'm gonna be in this situationship again but eventually, like, I have a journal. Everything that I think about goes in the journal. And then after I'm done writing about it, I'll go back and read it to see if it makes sense. <laughs> so, and sometimes it sometimes it don't make sense. Like, in, in this all honesty, like, sometimes it doesn't make sense after I've written it all out, said what I had to say, and then I go back to it. So, to answer your question... If I unintentionally compare somebody, it it was an accident, but I do try to go into things and that's, that's a thing that I had to work on with my anxiety with working on myself is I have to force myself to understand that this is a new person and a new situation. So that, with that being said, I also have anxiety with meeting new people anyway, because feelings scare me feelings terrify me opening myself up to somebody and like receiving affection terrifies the hell out of me so meeting somebody new like i'm always like i'm always anticipating them hurting me and that's something that i have and had to work on like it's an ongoing process it's not gonna you know end tomorrow but that's something that I have to work on. So going into the situation, I already know what I have to work on. So that's what I would recommend for anybody that's like has new people dating anxiety. Is like know, like you said, like we all said, know what your triggers are ahead of time and understand that just because somebody may trigger you the same as somebody else doesn't mean they're exactly alike. So that's real. I think. I think some people get triggered by horoscope signs too. Like, <laughs> like, like real talk. I mean, like, if we're being honest, <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to talk to a Virgo again. Yeah, <laughs> like, like real talk. Like, yeah, people, people. What yeah. you say? I said it's that's happening a lot right now. That's yeah. how you're online. It's like, yeah. what's his name? Justin. Um, La boy. Yeah. 
Yeah, so so Dr. Johnson, so to round all of this off off, what do you think is the best intervention for couples that have to deal with anxiety in their relationship? Just communication? Communication? Yeah, if if the communication cannot be amongst the two people, I would recommend therapy. Because what therapy would do is it would help you really understand the root of your partner's anxiety. And a lot of times the root of it is based on our attachment styles. Um, and your attachment style is something that's formed when you're a child with your primary caregiver or your parents, um, your siblings, whoever is in the core of your home. And therapy, what, it would, what the therapist can understand that your person's anxiety is usually rooted in how they were perceived as a child or how they how they were taught to express themselves, as we've already said. But the attachment style is so important because so there's four attachment styles. You have secure, you have anxious, you have avoidant, and then you have anxious avoidant. So secure is exactly what it says. So this is the person who is comfortable expressing themselves. Um, this is the person who is not afraid of conflict. They're okay with expressing if something is wrong. Um, they're able to accept how you're feeling. They're secure, basically. So this is a person who is able to have a healthy relationship. Anxious is the person who needs that constant reassurance. They constantly need affection. They usually have trouble being alone. And most of the time, they find it really hard to trust people. Then you have avoidant. So this is the person who often shuts down. Um, they're not going to express how they're feeling. They're going to basically remove themselves from anything that seems as if it's too intimate or there's too much expectation, too many expectations or too high of commitment. And then the last one is ancient avoidant, which is probably the most common attachment style. And this is the person who usually suppresses their emotions, but more importantly, they're really worried about being hurt. So they're going to avoid it. They're going to be anxious. This is the person that's not going to, they're not going to tell you how they're feeling. They're not going to even question you about how you feel because again, they don't want to be hurt. So this is the person who stays in a relationship even though they know that they're not happy, they know that there is not working out, but they can't find a way out of it. So it's important to know where you are and you can be in different ones at different phases in your life. So it's important to know how did that person get to whatever level that they're at. And most of the time it's based off of a previous romantic relationship, a family relationship, friendships, anything, because a lot of times we, our reactions to things are usually based upon 
some type of traumatic experience or some experience that didn't work out. So if you're in a new relationship, you probably had other relationships, of course, that didn't work out, whether it was a good ending or a bad ending. Something happened where you chose to end that relationship. So therefore, therapy is helpful for the person with anxiety and the partner because most of the time, even the person with anxiety isn't really sure about how they got to where they are. So to answer the question again, if you can't form that communication with your partner without therapy, and you know this is the person that you really want to be with, try focus therapy. It'll help you understand each other a lot better. It'll help you develop those healthy coping skills. It'll help you be able to, what we mentioned earlier, identify triggers, um, encourage that person to do more. I wanted to touch on something that he said about journaling. I think journaling is extremely helpful because you're absolutely right. You can go back and read it. And if you wait long enough, now if you read it right after, it's still going to make sense. <laughs> but if you go back and read it later, it's like, okay, yeah, that didn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. So it helps you to process it. And most of the time, that's what you really need to process it and deal with it so that you're not having the same recurring thought over and over and over. So processing it by writing, talking about it, especially when you're dating um, with your partner, making sure that you develop some type of communication system that's going to be healthy is the most important intervention of all. So That's real. That's real. I think, uh, I think I co-sign with everything you said, especially the communication part. Um, communicate, communicate, communicate. I don't think our generation can communicate that well, but I think with emotional maturity, we kind of get to, and the right person, you kind of get to the point where you can communicate pretty good. So um, we're going to wrap this episode up. Um, I really thank you, Dr. Johnson, for being a guest on the Verbal Intercourse podcast and providing your insight on therapy as well as dating with anxiety. Really appreciative to have you as a guest. Shout out to T. And um, hope everybody's staying safe out there. And we out. That rig with my mouthpiece, that's verbal in the course, just love.